With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland, I'm Trev Denny, and you're welcome to episode 373 of the Anfield Index podcast. Now, we're using this show to mark 10 years of podcasting for Anfield Index, and who better to join me for such a celebration than AIOG, content producing superpower and the very best at what he does, in my opinion. My brother from another mother, Mr. Dave Hendrick. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. It's it's a it's an overcast day here in you're in rural Ireland. I, I I'm in the back of beyond in Ireland, and it's overcast. It's it's grey. But you know what? I'm 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 happy. I'm happy to be here. Ten years of this type of carry on. It's it's a bit mental and, and just for a little bit of color background color for our our listeners. Uh, we've been trying to do this now for twenty minutes because I was having issues of a technical variety with my uh, beloved microphone, which has been a loyal servant with me since I began podcasting um, with Anfield Index uh, uh, all those years ago. Not as many years ago as you, though, and that's kind of what we're here to talk about. It's been an eventful decade. We both started this crack at the same year. We were both Mm. involved in fan media before that in different capacities, mostly scribbling. Um, And then... 
Uh, I started up with my crew uh, at the start of the 2013-14 season and you guys kicked in around about this time in November of 2013 and it just feels like it would be silly of us not to mark the occasion and I'm very very glad I get the chance to do it with you we should flag up again for people obviously the other founder members of that podcast were Gags Tandon who no longer talks into microphones unless he's doing a really interesting interview with Alan O'Donoghue which I really enjoyed enjoyed by the way really good recommend that to everybody it's fantastic insight into gags and um a good chat between the two lads also of course we had john ritchie um who uh, is again not really involved in this game anymore uh, more's the pity uh, and people have been very familiar with that trio but you guys were also joined by the likes of marco lopez and times weren't you is there anyone else involved in that early iteration of anfield index so the very first podcast was released on the 19th of november which which is 10 years tomorrow. Ah, uh, class. We did, we did it right. Excellent. Yeah, so I'm guessing it was actually recorded on the 18th, um, so which is 10 years today. So the first one was was, uh, was John hosting, Gags, myself, Andrew Beasley, um, to, to add a kind of a, a stats sort of base to it, because in the early days we were heavily stats-orientated. Uh, and Marco Lopez, and then John Moore, uh, Johnny Starlight, as he was on Twitter, he was the the guy Drinkle of the time. He was the podcast editor and producer. So that was the original group for that first one. And then from there, it would have myself, John, and Gags were kind of the the ones that were set in stone each week. And then oftentimes we'd run a four man sometimes even a five-man, and you had a, kind of a bunch of different people would jump on. There'd be some different guests would come on. Um, in the in the original part of it, Gags didn't really want to be on the podcast. Gags wanted to maybe jump on for five or ten minutes, give some stats, and then jump back off. And myself and John had to convince him that people actually wanted to hear what he had to say and that people actually liked listening to him because he didn't think that anyone really cared what he had to say in terms of opinion because what most people knew him as was the the kind of stat mind behind the AI Twitter account and the EPL Index Twitter account. Yeah, exactly. And of course, it, it was it was fucking wild west of 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 sports media podcasting. If we're being perfectly honest, um, I wouldn't ever dream about lying about the origin story of 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 my setup and where where I came from originally. And it was heavily influenced by seeing that that you could do it. I guess yeah. was the thing. And the people who were doing it at the time, credit where Stuart were the uh, the Anfield rap, and they had their setup and you and know the it was theorists. And the bib theorists who kind of went over my head at the start. I got into that uh, late in the day. And there were a few. Like, it's not that they were the only ones, but there were there were a few. There are only a handful, though. Yeah. And, and when we started with uh, with the day trippers, it was, uh, a, again, a gang of five or six on a rotation. And ours was very anarchic. The conversations get occasionally serious and then descend into anarchy again. And we were very much on um, the comedy uh, uh, capers uh, v- variety of the podcast and then we do the occasional serious interview it, it, what was wonderful about it was I got to interview lots of 
uh, everyone from John Barnes to Sheila Coleman, you know, a, a yeah. wonderful uh, array of of properly uh, connected to the club people. Uh, one of the best chats I ever had was with the uh, ex-Irish uh, manager, our, our friend Brian, a, a, a wonderful droll chat. And so all of these things were happening and you could get access to people and people weren't saying no to these things. And yeah, it did feel exciting and man alive. Everyone was listening to you. One of the first times I went over to Anfield um, in early 2014, the show had built to such an extent that there was nearly 100,000 people listening to every show. And there were people talking about our show in front of me. They didn't know who I was because you're just a voice in the radio. Uh, and they were talking about our show. It, it was mad. It was a mad time. Really, really exciting, wasn't it? I think you'll agree. It was an exciting time to be involved in that stuff. It was. And, and like you think back then, so obviously you had the Anfield rap. And they were sort of, you know, they're the local lads. They they could give that perspective of local, grew up in the city, grew up with the club, that kind of perspective, which is, is still unique to them in, in a lot of ways. You had the bib theorists who were sort of the younger group, you know, like Harry Hugo, um, Steve Hoare, and I think Dan is the third guy's name. I, and apologies if it's not. I think it was Dan. Um, those, so those guys had their thing going. You guys with the day trippers. Um, there was the three bad wolves, if you remember them. They were James Owen, uh, who unfortunately has become a, a, a dreadful gang of lads. Um, <laughs> Matt Kenny and I think Simon. Oh, Simon. Simon Simon Furnival, a Scottish lad. I used, to, I yeah. used to speak to him all the time on Twitter. I don't know whatever yeah. happened to him. So they, they had the Three Bad Wolves podcast, which was yeah. really, really good. And similar to you guys, like there was, there was you know, a lot of humour involved and, and a good, good rapport. And you could tell that they were friendly off the mics as well. Um, there was a This Is Anfield podcast, which was quite short-lived, but was actually pretty decent. Uh, no surprise, considering This Is Anfield have always sort of led the way in, in terms of the written word for Liverpool. Did, and that, then feature, there was did that feature match it back in the day, no? No, I I, I can't remember the name. The guy didn't go by his own name. It was like a nickname that he had. Okay. And okay. That was the lead guy behind it. He wasn't one of the writers. Now, Carl might have gone on that podcast back in the day. I know he was on the Bib Theorists with me. We went on to talk about Stuart Downing and people of that ilk. God, um, love to hear that. The, the dark days of Liverpool football. Um, and then there was us. And, and we came into it, there was probably, certainly you guys had been going a couple of months. The Anfield rap, I think, was in year three because they started when Kenny was still in charge. And the Bib theorists were going about a year. And I think the Three Bad Wolves started before us as well. I have... I've memories of them starting the season before us because I was living living in Limerick I think when I first heard them. But like with you like I remember we started and immediately because we well like I'm quite opinionated as as you might know. No. And, and then yeah like I mean it's a surprise to some people. Um and then there was the stats side of it and obviously you know, John Ritchie with that lovely, soft Scottish voice would bring in some people as well. And we were the same. Like, we flew up to 100,000 listeners per episode really quickly and just went from there. And, 
you know, not long after we were up to 150 and then we were pushing 200,000 per episode for a while. And I remember being on a train going to Waterford to visit a friend of mine. And there was two young lads sitting in the seats behind me talking about Anfield Index and yeah. saying, oh, I heard this said on the Anfield Index podcast. And thankfully, they had nothing but nice things to say, uh, <laughs> including about me, which was a bit of a surprise because I was just picturing my head. If one of these calls me something, I'm going to have to turn around and say something because <laughs> it's just in my nature. I can't just sit here if I hear someone say something. So, yeah, I mean, like, it was fun back then because you had, like, say, the five or six groups, which meant that if you were so inclined, you could listen to all the others, you know, because yeah. Tony did one a week. Then they went to two when they got their radio show. But yeah. there was the, So the two of them, you guys were once a week. We were once a week. The bib theorists were generally once a week. The three bad wolves might only be once every fortnight, depending on schedules. So you could listen to everything and you could keep up with all the different opinions and you, you felt like you were getting a well-rounded view, obviously some that you're going to disagree with, but you'd find yourself, like I, I can remember uh, living in Australia and which is where I was when we, when we started this. And I remember I used to work a night shift. I used to manage a hostel and I used to always work the night shift because it was just, you know, I just enjoyed it and it was more, kept me more on a time schedule with, with home. And uh, I remember I used to listen to you guys, like your, your podcast had come out and I'd immediately just download it and listen to it on, on iTunes. And like, you'd find yourself walking around doing whatever you were doing, just kind of nodding your head and, and thinking, yeah, I mean, I fully agree with that. All right. No, I don't agree with that, but it was all, it was, it just felt like it was more, we were all more connected at that point. Yeah. It could, because especially that season, because of, how that season went, like we started off that year in mixed form. And the very first podcast we did was, does Brendan have the balls to drop Steven Gerrard? Because Stevie had stanked the place out of it. And we knew he didn't. We knew he wasn't going to drop him. So for a couple of weeks, we'd been putting out this idea that maybe what Rogers needs to do is move Stevie into a deeper role, put two runners either side of him, and and let Gerard almost be the quarterback. And then you started to hear it mentioned on on your podcast or on Paul. But back then, as opposed to now, when people would repeat your ideas, they would credit you. So if I heard you say something, I would say, Oh, I heard Trev on the Day Trippers say this, or I heard Phil on the Day Trippers say this. And you guys would always be the same, like, oh, is this in Danfield Index? And they were talking with this. And you could bring that up as a point of discussion as opposed to what it came to like not long after that, where certain people on certain podcasts were just full-blown ripping off things verbatim and trying to put it forward as their own. Because there was so much more content out there, because everybody was doing two and three shows a week then, that nobody was listening to everything. So some people kind of might have not listened to us, but they'd listen to you guys or Tor whatever and then or or vice versa so it, it kind of felt like people started taking a bit of license to rip things off and, and present it as their own and that's where it all got a little weird and a little bit shitty for a while it's moved on from that thankfully enough but now 
I mean, it's such a saturated market that there must be 30 Liverpool podcasts out there. Yeah, and the rest. And the rest, Dave. There's probably 30 Irish ones, if we're being perfectly honest. Because, you know, because, look, the thing about it is, I remember at the time, a fellow who will remain nameless from one of the original setups, um, pulling out um, Facebook wine o'clock mom comments on Twitter about, huh, seems like everyone's starting a podcast these days. There were fucking five, you know, and this is like almost as if uh, he and they had some sort of trademark on uh, microphones and the, the, the podcast technology, which was um, uh, made available to people by the likes of Adam Curry back in the day. It's 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 absolutely nonsense. It was a nonsense standpoint. Mm. And I like the democratization of the voices and everyone could hear it. But you said an interesting thing there about how, you know, you could possibly listen to everything and get a wide variety of opinion. And this is why I think is brilliant about what the channel now that we work for has elevated itself into. Because there is such a wide variety of opinion. We have fellas having if not overt uh, or sometimes overt fallings out because their opinions are so wildly different on things. These things can happen on a podcast. They can happen between people who work for the same channel because there is such a diversity of uh, takes out there. And it seems to me as if, you know, and this is not in any way uh, some sort of a crass or vulgar sales pitch. It's just listen to them free if you want. I don't give a shit at, at this moment in time. We're celebrating something. But it seems to me that if you were only listen to Anfield Index, and that's all I listen to, by the way, I don't have time in my life anymore for anything else. I feel like I get a variety of opinion, a real proper variety, and not for some reason what seems to be thought of as a homogenized product. It's just not. No, it's not at all. I mean, look, like, to be totally honest, like, I don't get on all that well with the lads that do the positivity podcast, but I'll still throw a listen to it just to see what they're saying and see what their viewpoint is, because it's good to have those differing opinions. Like, the, so the lads on under pressure view things through a different, a different kind of uh, point than I do, because they take more of a an analytical approach to a lot of things, whereas I go off eye test a lot more. But I'll still always listen to them because, again, it's it's different opinions and and like with the other boys, they're informed opinions. So like, it's easy to spot the spoofers and the bluffers. You can always tell them a mile away. So like you, I've cut all the way back. I listen to Anfield Index stuff. And again, not even all of it because I don't have time. Right, you couldn't listen to And like, I won't listen to every, every episode of certain things, but there's certain things I'll always listen to. So when you and Jan do something, I'm always going to listen to that. When, when Mo does something, I'm always going to listen to that because I know Mo is going to be really well informed on what he's talking about when he does money talks. I'll always listen to Fatigue Index because, again, Brundish knows his stuff. And even if I don't agree with him five times out of ten, I still appreciate where his view is coming from and the, the research he's done to form his opinion. Uh, I'll always listen and t- listen to Minefield because I, I genuinely believe Minefield is the single best podcast in the Liverpool sphere because of the topic they cover and how, just how good those boys are. Like, I think, I know we give him a lot of shit because he's from Drada, but Al is one of the best people doing podcasts anywhere because he's very even keeled and he's always well prepared for what he's going to talk about. So, like, I'll listen to that. 
if I'm listening to anything else, though, I, I don't like listening to other football pods anymore because I find myself getting irrationally annoyed at certain people. Like, yeah, not yeah. not in the not in the club, not in the fan media sphere. I mean, in the the pro media sphere. Like, I'll listen to say the Guardians football podcast and spend twenty minutes swearing about it. I used to love that. I used to love that. You remember when James Richardson used to do it? Yeah. And and then James Richardson went on, did whatever the spin-off was. And and for me, uh, Richardson's great because, again, in in the vein of what you were describing there as as someone, what makes a decent host is he's prepared, but he's also very, very, I think it's really important in a good host that you're not just not just prepared, but that you can actually roll with the punches and you might have something resembling an opinion of an original um, variety in your own head. And with, with Richardson, you've got that, you've got the, the, the the ability to banter, you've got the ability to sort of um, uh, improvise, but also he's quite smooth. So I remember that. And and this back in the day, you'd be listening to Philly book Claire and what's the, what's what's the modern equivalents, you mind Jules Zorin and people like that. And you listen and you go, okay, but like you now, I have very low tolerance for an awful lot of these people because here's what happens. Enough opinion of theirs builds up. You get to read their stuff and now you realise, oh, he's actually a terrible set of lads or I actually really, really don't agree where he's coming from most of the time. And so I find that tedious. Um, Whereas I think what people are doing now is they're being very discerning with their fan media and they're finding the kind of tribe that they belong to. And I fool myself um, or like to tell myself and I'm, I'm sure you might agree with me on this that when it comes to what we're doing here at Anfield Index the reason people land with us and there's actually a conversation on Twitter you can go and have a look at it in the moment you're tagged into it the reason people land with us is that we aren't the same every week and that we don't have uh, ironically for a, 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 a podcast that used to be named uh, or teased as being Agenda Index we don't have any agendas there aren't any. If you have a consistently held opinion that comes across over four, five or six or 15,000 podcasts, that doesn't mean it's an agenda. You know what I mean? But you will also, you'll get a variety of takes. And people, I think, again, including uh, yourself and myself, are quite happy to say, oh, yeah, I got that completely wrong. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm quite happy about that. You've often held your hands up and said, yeah, I think I might have got Sadio Mane wrong. Yeah. Uh, and, and then gone on to say Sadio's possibly the best man I've ever seen. You know, that's, that's, that's what you have to be able to do. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop 
or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Of course it is. Look, here's the thing, right? There's always going to be people that want to dig up things that you are wrong about. And as I said, I'm quite opinionated, but I'm also someone that people generally will come and say, like, what do you think of this guy? What do you think of that guy? And I'm never just going to sit on the fence with something. So I'll be up front and say, look, I, I think he'd be a good player for us. I don't think he'd be a good player for us. And of course, I'm going to get some of them wrong because everybody gets some of them wrong. But what annoys me is when people bring up stuff like, well, Balotelli. I was wrong about Balotelli. I've said openly I was wrong about Balotelli. I was wrong about Markovic. But there's also context for both of those players, who they were managed by, how they were used. Those people that bring those things up and have weird screenshots on their phone from 10 years ago, they never mention how I was saying we should buy Virgil when he was still at Groningen. You know, they never talk about when I was talking about Alisson when he was at Roma or Fabinho early in his tenure at Monaco or these type of players. They never bring up the fact that when we were signing Lover and I said, this is going to be a disaster. And I was right. They don't bring those things up. And that's fine. That proves to me that they're the ones with the agenda, not us. The agenda thing was largely always aimed at me. Like, oh, they just repeat what he says. Like, no, they don't. Like, most people that podcast here don't agree with a lot of what I say. And that's absolutely fine. That's what makes it fun. But, like, I'm never going to be one that says... Well, no, I, I didn't say that about him. Like, of course I said it. Everything I say is in the public sphere. It's either on Twitter or it's on a podcast. So my history of rights and wrongs are out there for everybody to go and look up. The people that don't have those rights and wrongs, they're the people that either A, delete their tweets, B, flat out lie about things, or C, have never given an opinion in their lives. And that's grand. If that's what they want to do, if they just want to sit on the fence and kind of take in what others are saying, that's great. But if you're not giving your opinion, don't criticise people who do give an opinion. You don't earn that right. And the other thing, just to circle back, we were saying about not listening to, and this is going to sound really arrogant, and I appreciate that, and it's fine. I don't like listening to podcasts of people who don't know more than me. And I'm not saying I know everything. Far from it. But there's a lot of people on podcasts who know absolutely fuck all about what they're talking about. And I find that if I'm spending an hour listening to them, that's basically an hour getting dumber. I'd rather (laughs) listen to people like yourself and Jan, who I feel I'm going to learn something from, like Mo or Brundish or Kenneth or Phil Barter, who I feel I'm going to learn something from. If I'm going to learn something from you, I'm going to listen. If you're going to tell me something that I don't know, Send me a link because I want to hear that. If you're going to repeat the same things I already know or repeat things I've already said, I, I don't want to hear that because what what where am I benefiting from? So I'd rather spend my time, like, for example, listening to podcasts on the NBA or the NHL, which I'm trying to reignite my interest in, or Australian rules because I'm fascinated by it. I'd rather listen to that type of stuff and learn something than listen to someone else who I just like, you haven't the foggiest idea what you're talking about. I think what happens as well with that is that you get to a certain age, uh, not to write you off, you're, you're 
far from the same bracket as me, but you get to a certain age. And what happened with me was I just started getting panicky if I was having a conversation that was patent bullshit. Um, if I was having a conversation about the weather that went on more than two minutes, I felt panic. I was like, you're wasting my life space. Yes. And I can't. So I removed myself, even even in my work situation, I kind of removed myself from those forced lunchtime chats where I'm like, now I'm here for 40 minutes. I'm like, yeah, okay, so I have to join. The, no, I'd rather be on my own listening, absorbing some information like you said and whatever I'm interested in. I'm a geopolitics nut. I'm a history nut. These are the things I want to be interested in. These are the things I want to hear about and feel, uh, you know, sort of perceptively brainier afterwards as, yeah. opposed, to, as opposed to demonstrably dumber for having listened to someone talking absolute vacuous shite uh, for a period of time. And if I want to if I want to get dumber, if I want to take my brain out and put it in a bucket beside me and just sit there for two hours, there's a whole world of Vin Diesel movies out there that I can put <laughs> on the TV. But if I if I've got my brain in my head, I'd rather spend my time either reading up on something or listening to people who really know what they're talking about talk about their specific topic. And like you, I love history. I love politics. I find I find the political world to be a fascinating landscape filled with interesting people and the worst gang of lads in the world. Yes. And it's really interesting to, you know, to further diagnose, well, why are you the worst gang of lads in the world? Or why <laughs> do I find you interesting? Do you know? So like, for example, we here in, in Ireland, we have a, a political party called the Social Democrats, and we have a, a leader of that party called Holly Kearns, who is quite new to politics, but I think is potentially a future Taoiseach of this country. I think she's a very good orator. I think she comes from the right place. She's got the right viewpoints. She has a podcast. She doesn't do it as often anymore because she's now the leader of her party. But I, I will listen to her podcast because... It's also an insight into the behind-the-scenes life in Dáil Éireann. And as someone that used to work adjacent to Dáil Éireann and frequently been it, be in Dáil Éireann, I have at least a base knowledge of what goes on, so I have an interest in it. So I, I'd happily listen to her. My missus will walk in and hear, hear me listen to her and go, what is that crap that you're listening to? That's boring. And I'm like, it's interesting to me because of X, Y, and Z. And she'll just look at me like an idiot and go, would you not listen to a football podcast? Which is where I don't like listening to people that know less than me came from. And she just went, you can't say that publicly because people think you're really arrogant. Oh, and like, people think that anyway, I, so I don't really care. But that is that is why I won't listen to a lot of other football podcasts. I was having a lovely walk along the Boyne last, this day, last week, and um, I found myself responding to something that was said to me rolling my eyes and going fucking people are so stupid and <laughs> you can't keep doing that you can't keep acting as if you know more than everybody i'm saying i'm not this is a demonstrable fact x y and z and i was given evidence and then she's like well i didn't know any of that and like patently she's a clever lady she just didn't know any of it and so i kind of get where you're coming from you get to a point where God, nobody's saying they're a finished article, but you have a certain basis, base level knowledge, and you don't want to be going swimming around in whatever is sub that level because yeah. it is patently, obviously, a waste of your time. And it reminds me, really, I wanted to ask you this before we go any further. Do you remember the origin 
Because the origin story for me getting involved with podcasts is that I was annoying the shit out of everybody who I worked with on the Liverpool offside um, in little private messages saying, hey, would anyone else be interested in doing a podcast? Can we do a podcast? I'd like to do a podcast. Podcast anyone? This is me because I'm coming from the acting background. I've got zero um, qualms about putting my voice on a microphone and expressing myself publicly I understand that's not for everybody and all I was getting from my colleagues was no I don't like how I sound no I wouldn't be comfortable no I don't want to do it and so it took um, going to actually a tall event and meeting a few people who were as that in Bray there was one in Bray yeah it was one in Bray and then there was one again in the uh, in in Dublin city centre right there near O'Connell Bridge in a pub there oh yeah 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 it used to be underneath the tenant sign whatever that pub was called whatever it's a a floating event and we went for Damo to to tell us Damo will sort that out (laughs) we we went in there and we did that and we, we started having a chat and we said do you want to do a podcast? We were like, yeah, I do want to do a podcast. They had Dion Fanning with them that night. And I, I'd be on, you know, friendly-ish speaking terms over his social media with Dion. I'd met his brother. I, I Like, the whole world was within touching distance from me. I went and spoke to Evan about working with Joe Dalai. And I was thinking, I can get into this. I really want to get into this. And lo and behold, there was a couple of lads. Phil Casey was the main driver who was like, yeah, I want to do this too. And between the two of us, he gathered a crew of people he knew. And I sort of was, did a lot of heavy organization of what would be in the show. He did the the technical end of it for the start. Actually, most of the technical end of it was reliant on a piece of equipment I had from my old career as an actor, which was a piece of sound recording equipment uh, that we use in several sets. And that's what we recorded the first few shows on. But I, I know that you were, I knew of you um, through uh, the Twitter sphere, which I was very new to. I only came to Twitter late ish, it was 2012, I think. And I remember your writing, I remember your website. And yeah. I don't know where, where did the connection happen with gags? And more to the point, what was the, like, I'm trying to get to the origin story of the Anfield Index podcast here uh, specifically. So the Anfield Index podcast was originally the brainchild of John Ritchie, uh, okay. who was who was very much in the same boat you were in, where he was the one looking for people to do a podcast with. And I'm not sure if he if he'd approached any of the other kind of big Liverpool Twitter accounts because back in the day, Gags had like fifty, sixty thousand followers on his on the Anfield Index account, when most accounts had like four and five thousand. You know. And um, I had done, so yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd written for Bleacher Report, which is where I met Matchett. And then myself and Carl started up the Liverpool Word, which was good, but ultimately short-lived, largely because of me and a failure to stick to deadlines. Um, and Carl progressing in his own career, which has obviously now led to him uh, working for The Independent and doing very well, covering both football and uh, Formula E. Um, so from there, I had started up a Twitter account. I kind of gained a lot of attention around Henrik Mkhitaryan when he was at Shakhtar because I had this fascination with uh, Luchescu and Shakhtar and Ukrainian football. So I used to watch quite a lot of it back when nobody was really watching non-Premier League stuff. I was trawling the internet looking for uh, streams for Ukrainian football. 
So when Mkhitaryan was leaving Shakhtar and we were in for him, I gained about five or 6,000 followers in like a summer. And he ended up obviously at Dortmund rather than joining us. And I, I think people sort of became more familiar with my own, my own brand of, you know, being a little bit unfriendly when I, <laughs> I, I'm encountered with stupidity. Um, so uh, I, I kind of gotten a bit of a reputation as being quite abrupt and quite gruff and, all, all obviously well deserved. Um, and then one day, I, I, I remember the day Gags followed me, and I remember thinking, "Wow, that's a big account that's after following me." And then we kind of chat back and forward in open Twitter, but not not by DM. And then randomly, I I done the Day Trippers pod. Um, I did your guys' pod. We were the day trippers. <laughs> Sorry, I did the Bib Theorist pod. Then I did yours. I did the Bib Theorist right. review twice. So there's, I think I did yours a second time. You did. You did it there twice, yeah. I remember we had a big discussion about Steve McMahon. I mean, I don't remember much of the podcast itself. I know I have it on a hard drive somewhere because I have all my old pods up to about 2017 on a hard drive somewhere. But I remember we had a, you guys. I think were, were week by week you were picking an all time Liverpool eleven or something. And I remember we had a big discussion about Steve McManaman, and there was one or two dissenting voices in the room. And myself and Phil Casey just shouted them down. <laughs> 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 um, and then, yeah, randomly one day, Gags texted me or DM me on Twitter and was like, "Look, we're going to start this podcast. Would you be interested?" And my immediate thought was, I'll, I'll I'll do this, and then you know we'll do a couple of them, and then they'll probably just get other people on because obviously I didn't really realize kind of Anfield Index wasn't just one guy. I thought initially it was a group of people, um, so I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll do the first couple of these, and then they'll get other people, and, and yada yada and whatever. And I never really thought about podcasting as a regular thing. Uh, largely because I was living in Australia, the time difference was weird. Like, I remember your you guys used to podcast at like eight o'clock on like a Monday and or Tuesday, whatever night it was, and it was like four a.m. where I was. So like, I was thinking this is not really going to be doable for me, feasible for me. But maybe I'll start up an Aussie one at some point because I, I was thinking I might stay there. Um, so I just remember we we were doing the first, we were arranging it. It seemed like for a month, but it was probably only about a week. And John Ritchie was in because it had been his idea. Gags was trying to figure out who the stat person would be on the first one. And I think initially he wanted Dan Kennett because Dan was quite well known in, in Liverpool stats uh, sphere, but he wasn't available. So Andrew Beasley was sort of the next most established one. So we got him. Uh, Marco Lopez was just someone that Gags had been friendly with on Twitter for a while, and I, I got on very well with him, and John got on very well with him, so he just made sense. Um, and yeah, like it just it kind of came together, and I remember, I remember we recorded it the first night, and I remember when it came out, I remember thinking as we were recording it, this is actually quite good. Because I was unsure with five people on Skype, will we be talking over each other? It's kind of everybody's first go together. We didn't do a practice run or anything. Richie, I I, I didn't know Richie, whether he'd done any 
podcast hosting before, but he kind of fell into it very, very easily and was good at, you know, leading the conversation and pushing it to different people and then bringing it back. And it, it just all seemed very good. And I remember listening to it and thinking, this is actually quite good. Like this, this might actually be something. I didn't know what it would be, but I thought, you know, maybe we'll get a couple of months of doing this and it's a bit of fun. And then it, it kind of snowballed and very quickly became really popular. And I think that people like the kind of the conflict of gags been very happy, go lucky, very cheerful and, and laughing and me ranting and raving while John tried to wrestle me back into the topic of conversation <laughs> as opposed to whatever tangent I got on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Which is basically the role I, you I, have now on Raw. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. And as a result, just to harken back to a um to harken back to a point you mentioned earlier on, as a result, um if I think some people, if they don't hear one of your strong um, uh, opinions being immediately countered, they take that for complicity, acceptance. And it'll be very interesting for you to, to hear this, Dave, knowing the me as well as you do, that apparently um, one or two people believe that you uh, I, I've been completely brainwashed um, by you uh, and your strong opinions. These people clearly, what kills me about it is they clearly don't listen to the show where... No. We, we we are quite often in direct opposition in terms of points. But here's the thing that we managed to do. We managed to have an amiable conversation whilst coming from completely different standpoints. I'd be talking to you about how, how I think Jimmy Miller is a wonderful man. You would like to easily send him to the moon in, yeah. a, hot, in a hot rocket. And we can still have a great amiable chat. But people don't hear that. They just want to hear... Um, I don't know. They want to hear the things that they want to hear confirmed. And the thing you mentioned, Raw, and for me, I've, I try to do my sums on this. You know, I'm, I'm researching here as we speak. Did you know that I took over this show on episode 163 or on 373? Mm. I've done 210 of these, which is amazing because I don't I still don't even fully associate this as being my show as such. But it's kind of become that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Do you know. But 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 when you start adding all these episodes up that you've done, I think still I keep coming back to Raw as some of the best experiences I've had I've had doing podcasting as a thing because of what we get to do. We get to have that immediate reaction. You know as well as I do. Quite often we'll come onto those mics, and you might want a bar of it because it's been really fucking infuriating. And all you want to do is go and kick inanimate objects for a while. You don't really want to have to express your feelings about it. But more often than not, it's cathartic. I can remember maybe two occasions where I finished more angry than I started. But it wasn't in a bad way. Do you know that kind of way? No. No, I, I know exactly what you mean. Like, just on, on the first topic, which is you being brainwashed by me. I mean, it's only taken me seven years. So, like, I'm glad to see that the training and the program that I've sent you on has finally kicked <laughs> in. Um, it is amazing. Like, it's always amazed me how people come up with this this type of nonsense, like how I seemingly have this level of control over people who are grown ass men and grown women living in other countries. 
uh, how I somehow managed to have this manipulation effect on them. And yet I haven't had it on anybody else. So like, you've, you've basically Jim Jones the shit out of everyone. As yeah, far as I'm going to get you to all drink a big glass of Kool-Aid and then yeah. I'm going to sit and watch. It's a strange thing, but I, I just I, I, I just ignore those people. I just think they're the type of people that really do just need to go and have a long chat with themselves. Like, do something else with your life rather than with this weird obsession yeah. with, I don't agree with that, I don't agree with them. So, like, you know the old saying, if there's a 100 people in the room looking at you and they all think you are, you're a prick, but you think they're all pricks? You're the prick in that room. If you're listening to a podcast and there's four or five people on it and they're all saying one thing and you think something different, chances are they might be the ones that are correct and you might be wrong. Like, that's just how it is. But Raw is Raw is definitely my favorite podcast that I do. Um, but, like, you know, when, when, you, when I think of Anfield and Lex, I do always think of this podcast because – this is the one that started it. And obviously it's had its different iterations. You're by far and away the longest serving host of this pod. Richie probably did the first of the first hundred. He probably did 85 of them. Yeah. I think I hosted maybe seven or eight of them. Gags hosted a couple. I think Nina might've hosted it once or twice. Um, K as well. K then, then K took over. And, and then Marco. it was Kay and Marco. And then yeah. it was just Marco because Kay was so busy. And then Marco was so busy that it kind of it kind of dropped off until you came on board and, and, and kind of resurrected it. And then it's just been it's been your show and it's it's Trev plus guests now. So you obviously have Guy on, you've Lisa Marie, you have Carl. Um, there's there's others that drop in and other jump on and off, but well, Cam, Cam's a regular. And we, Cam, of course, we started, we started off with me and Cam and um, uh, me and Carl and uh, um, Neil Poole. And I, I mean, I I would podcast. And I'm sure you'll you'll second this. I'd podcast with Pooley all day. Yeah. Every day. He's just a wonderful man, but it's it's very hard for him to get schedules to match up. So it has been a wonderful floating cast, and we've had occasional one offs as well. But we, I think the thing that we're trying to do is just have a this show specifically on, on under 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 the the uh, sort of whatever vague guidance I'm giving it is supposed to be fun, entirely supposed to be fun. I have we have we, if we wander into serious football chat, I always think we've done something wrong. Yeah. Um, it's because there are there are shows that are designed for that, shows that I take part in that are designed for that, uh, and this is. This is not meant to be one of them. We can discuss serious topics if they come up, but they must be football adjacent as opposed to, you know, nuts and bolts. I don't want to have these long rambling football nuts and bolts chats on the Anfield Index podcast because I feel it's 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 more it's more, kind of more important than that. If you, I don't want to, don't want to sound ridiculous, but it feels more important than that it feels like it needs to sit on this channel and be somewhere where people can go and go. And yeah, they, it's, it's and, the switch off podcast. Yes, yeah, it's the yeah. one you can just kind of switch off and listen to it, and it's it's people having a laugh, and it's you know, look, me and Carl are very opposed on a lot of things, but I still enjoy listening to what he has to say. Um, me and Cam are opposed on certain viewpoints, but I still enjoy listening to what he says. And when it's not football related, it takes those things that we're not opposed on out of the equation. Exactly. So. 
you know, um, obviously I, I podcast with Guy every Friday on Two Footed. I've podcasted with Lisa Marie. They're they're really good people, and they're really fun people. Like they're just nice people to talk to, and like. When in the early days, the, the idea was quite the opposite, that this was to be the really serious football pod. And then we would branch off there and we would have other shows that would cover other things. So I was the first one that kind of got my own. The, the Liver Birds came up because there was a bunch of, of you know, Nina and, and Ray and a few others that wanted their own podcast. So. Gags thought it was a really cool idea to have a, a women's only Liverpool Which podcast. it was. Which, Which it was. was and, and remains to this day yeah. by far and away the best in, in, in their field. And it's another one that I'll always give a give a listen to when they when they get one recorded. Yeah, they're a great they're a great set of ladies. I actually I genuinely always feel very relaxed listening to that show, regardless yeah. of what the trio happens to be. But they're a great bunch. They are. They're brilliant. And like what I like about them is they've all got their own definitive opinions. Yeah. So you can tell that they really do know what they're talking about. Um, and then I kind of went and did the, the happy hour with Gennaro. Um, oh, yeah, 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 of course. Which was, was a lot of fun. Um, we, we had quite a lot of success with that. I think we did 19 or 20 episodes. And then just scheduling kind of got in its way. Steve was very busy with his kids and with, with work and whatever else and we were also starting to branch off outside of Anfield Index doing all in sports talk which was kind of other sports because I wanted to kind of spread my wings a little bit and talk about the other sports that I like to watch and then eventually a lot of that got brought back into Anfield Index where I had the MMA pod with Mo and I did a basketball pod with Joey Connors there was a pro wrestling index pod that Mo, uh, Mo and Gag set up there was a podcast about everything at one point on Anfield Index. There was music pods, there was TV pods, there was film pods. It was great. Like we literally covered all bases. And, and Gags' whole idea of inclu- of in- inclusive- inclusivity, which again flies in the face of the idea that I had any sort of control over anything, was that everybody could have a voice. So, you know, a gang of lads in Sweden could have a podcast on a big platform in their second language, but people would listen to it. Yeah. A gang of lads in, in Asia or wherever, South Africa, New Zealand, Australia, Canada, America. Like, we had podcasts from everywhere and podcasters from everywhere, which is why I think the community that Gags built, which has shrunken somewhat and then grown in other ways on through the Discord, like, it's really unique. There's no one else that's given as many opportunities to as many people as gags has and look we've, we've tried some things that didn't work at all we tried to do the live commentary pod it didn't really work because it was quite tough to do not being together so we were a little bit talking over each other and defining roles was a little bit but as that went on and gags found the right blend of people to do it it actually did work for a couple and then i like, guess just time and whatever people People weren't able to to commit to doing them. Um, I did another podcast, which was because people were complaining that I had too many podcasts. So I thought another podcast with Dave Hendrick was kind of funny, <laughs> yeah. and uh, it was it, it did huge numbers. Like I I was doing two hundred and twenty two hundred and forty thousand per episode through. I read- that's that. mental, man. That's mental. No. Sorry, sorry. Just just can we not let that go? 
Can we not let that go for a second? Because I don't think people really understand. If you take our national broadcaster here, RT, they wouldn't get the colour of that for one of their big time shows. Yeah. Television, never mind on radio. On television, they wouldn't get those kind of numbers. On a rare, rare occasion where everyone's in for the late, late toy show, they might get close to a million. Probably not. But most of the time, there are very, 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 very low um, yeah. t- tens of thousands and up to and worrying and north of 100,000 for the successful ones. To get 200 plus for anything is absolutely remarkable. And at the right the time you were doing uh, another podcast with Dave Hendrick, I had started doing, uh, I joined I joined the channel and I was, I, I started doing this thing called AI Audible. Which was which which was just me reading the articles, my own article that I contributed three or four times a week and everyone else's articles, everyone who was writing for the site. And I look back now and I see all these names and they've gone elsewhere. Another thing I know Gags is quite proud of, that people get their chance uh, through the channel and they go off and they spread their wings, as you said earlier on. And those those accumulated um, articles over the course of a year did four and a half million listens. I mean, holy shit, people were just mad for content, mad for it. And if, yeah. you, if you if you could read them, the stuff, oh, they, it was brilliant. They didn't even have to read anymore. So it's that's just exactly the thing. That, yeah. that, that's what people wanted. And, and at that time, you were doing that, which was kind of shorter content, like five to eight minutes. Yeah, exactly. They were brilliant. And then you had Fidzy on the complete opposite end of the scale, bringing you like a, a three-hour drama <laughs> once every couple of weeks, detailing season by season or era by era the history of the club. Yeah, and the music. And they were once people, yeah, with, with the music, and he was writing and performing the whole thing. And, like, you know, you, you think back to, to that time, and, like, those part like, Jumpers for Goalposts by Fidzy, they should still be on the app. I hope they are. If you ever, if you haven't listened to them, please go and listen to them because they're unbelievable. And it's just a shame he doesn't have any time to do these things anymore because yeah. he was, Jan is, is of that era. Jan grew up going to Anfield in the 60s and 70s. Jan was there. He, he knew he's, the he's players. A, he's a shankly boy. He's a shankly he is. boy. That's the thing. And, he's and, he's and, so and, much and, shankly-like. Exactly, and and and, and I, I remember listening to it and going so like so. In, in other words, he's a, a little leap on for me again. And I remember thinking, almost a bit jaded, thinking, "Oh, it's a it's a history based podcast. Like, how much can I possibly know?" Because I was a, I used to be such a nerd, Dave. I had mm. such a depth of knowledge around the club. Most of it, I don't, I don't, I don't think I've retained. I, I, you know, different stuff comes in and prioritizes itself in your life and in, in, in level of importance. But I remember thinking back and then, then is there anything? Is there could be anything I'm not familiar with? And I loved it. I loved it because it felt. Uh, like a little warm walk through the history books, but also there was that kind of, it, it, it wasn't that kind of cold formal presentation of facts either. So yeah, I'd absolutely recommend that. And when you think about some of the things that the channel has knocked out over the, over the years, yeah, there's such a concentration of really good creative people doing really good creative work. And again, you know, credit where it's due, Having listened to that uh, interview with Alan that, that Gags did, that was very much always his goal. Yeah. Like from a kind of altruistic perspective to to platform as many people as possible. And you know, by the way, 
I think an awful lot of people turn off when they hear different um, accents, when they hear different, when they hear female voices. And yeah. I think if you're getting rid of those people, you're getting rid of all the right people. Do you know what I mean? If you're annoying people with the variety of opinion and accents and pitches and voices and voices that might not necessarily be made for radio and female voices and voices of uh, older generation and that's bugging you, then you are the right kind of person to be getting rid of, that you're annoying all the right kind of people. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Without question. I mean, Jan is a wonderful storyteller. And what he did brilliantly with Jumpers for Goalposts is he could tell you the overall story and then he could mix in his own memories, his own personal memories. And he was obviously doing a huge amount of research as well, going back and looking at old press clippings and stuff like that. And he, he was just able to strike the perfect balance where it wasn't too much of a I'm Jan and this is my telling of it. It was, this is what happened. Yeah, and exactly. by the way, th- these are my couple of experiences here. And it was great. And you're right. I mean, <clears throat> I, you know, the way you'll often see someone mention Anfield Index on Twitter and you'll see someone say, oh, I don't listen to that shite. And then you'll tip through their timeline and you'll see them say, oh, well, such and such said this on that podcast. I'm like, oh, so you do listen then? Yeah, of course. So for, for for the benefit of, of those people, yeah, over the years, there have been occasions where I've maybe said one or two things purely to annoy them in the hope that they will turn off and go away. Because, like, not everything is for everybody. And if certain things bother you, like, like you mentioned, I, I remember having murder with a couple of people on social media over comments that were made about certain people in Anfield Index and their accents or the fact that they happened to be female or they were female with certain accents uh, including someone that I I believe was once connected to your former podcast Um, I remember having murder with them and like for me it's always been more of like you can say what you want about me I'll just tell you 
to fuck off. And that's kind of going to be it. And I'll just block you. And I don't need you in my life. So just go away. But I'm quite protective of Anfield Index. And because it's something that I've put a lot of time into over the last 10 years. So if I see people disrespecting the brand itself, the channel itself, or specific con- uh, contributors who I happen to be close with, such as Mo or yourself or whoever, then I am going to lose all sense and reason because I, I'm always very, very protective of my friends and people that are, are important to me. So, like, if I see you criticising, and even if it's mild, I know I can be over the top a lot of the time. I've seen people be, like, mildly critical of Mo, and I've just gone for the neck, and, and I've said things that I probably shouldn't have said, but it's just how I am. I'm I'm kind of too reflexive and too protective of people, but it's just the way I am. I, I can't do anything about it. That's just how I'm wired. I, and I, there's also then that side of me that does set out to try and annoy some people because <laughs> you've annoyed me, so now I'm going to fucking double down and annoy you much more. <laughs> so, like, you know, for example, when years ago you'd see certain people criticise the channel who had their own podcast that I knew wasn't doing well, and I'd make the point very openly, like, are you just jealous because we do well and, and you don't? Is that what the thing is here? Or, like, I remember someone put out a poll about five or six years ago, and they listed, like, a few different podcasts, um, not specifically the channels. Like, it wasn't, like, us versus Thaw. It was, like, a couple of one, – one or two of theirs, one or two of ours, and then there was, like, another poll with a couple of others from different channels and whatever. Do you mean contributors or shows? Shows, actual okay. shows. Right, okay. So, like, this is when we had the, the channel going. You guys are, I think you were probably with us at this point, but the Trippers had a couple of shows a week, and Tall had a bunch of shows, and whoever else was doing whatever else. And there was like, it was like, basically, they were, they were trying to do, like, a knockout tournament, you know, like, f- pick pick the top two, pick the top two, pick the top two, blah, blah, blah. And it went on and on anyway. And I remember just randomly one day, because quote tweets hadn't long come in. I remember flicking through it and I was reading some of the quotes. And I remember seeing one specific person who's quite a major character on one of the other channels having himself a big old cry because one of his, his podcasts that he was on had been in with one of our podcasts under pressure. And right. under pressure had just far more votes in this pod, this this poll that had about ten thousand votes on it or whatever. And he's having just a big old cry about it, and I just said to him, like, "Does it really matter? Like, does your podcast get the number of views or the number of listens that you are happy with? Because if it does, does it really matter what other people say on Twitter? If you have your listenership." Surely that's all that matters to you. And other people's views, you should just take on board. And maybe there's something from Under Pressure that you should, you could maybe borrow for your own. And then he got a bit snarky. So then I just called him a cunt and told him to get away with himself. Because, like, I was trying to be nice about it. He was having a cry. He'd said a few derogatory things about us. Yeah. And I was like, I've tried to be nice, which is against my nature. Now I've just had enough of you because you've still been a prick. And he had himself a big cry then about that again. And then I got 
shit from one or two of their other contributors who decided to to join in as if I wasn't also going to then turn my attention to them. And it just becomes a big thing. And people have sort of wanted to pitch us against the trippers, us against Thaw, Thaw against the trippers and whatever else. People have wanted to try that for years. And it, it we all operate in very different spaces. We all do different things. Well, there is can, can, room can we, enough for everybody. There is room enough for everybody. We, we have to be honest. I, I'll go from a personal angle here. And I've never spoken about this before. But it feels like the, the time is right. Like we started, like I said, whatever it was, August 2013 with the Trippers. And I did that first season, that second season. And then I had some serious um, uh, health issues related to migraines, which were doing a serious number on, 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 on my brain in terms of actual damage and lesions. And it was a scary time for me. Uh, and I didn't start up again really podcasting until 2017. And I'd been having long over and backs with gags about getting involved I knew I wanted to get involved again, but I knew I didn't want to get involved with Trippers again because in my absence, the way it went was, let's just say, not for me. And the tone that was being set was, let's just say, not for me at all. And I felt like when I was there that we... It's not. I'm not saying this is because of me, but when I was there, I I felt like we could stand over... I could stand over everything. In fact, I thought it was a real addition to this sphere. And and when when I left, I just I felt like the tone of it became mean spirited. I I felt like the comments that were being made online were trollish, and I didn't really want to be involved in that anymore. And I was very straight with them as well. I said, "No, that's it's not for me. I'm going to do this." And I've been with Anfield Index now since 2017, so that's quite a long time. We're coming on there for seven years soon enough uh, in July, and. That's by far, by far the biggest professional uh, commitment I've had in, 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 in the media thing. But more more than twice anything else I've ever been involved with, including the writing, which was a four, four and a half year thing. Mm. Um, and I just feel that, you know, we have to be honest that, yeah, it was stoked an awful lot at the time by loudmouth fans or fans who were trying to, I say fans, punters online who are trying to maybe appeal to their favorite guy from the Trippers or Tall or AI or whoever happened to be. Uh, yeah, often they were the culprits, but quite often there were culprits within the actual organizations themselves. And again, people can say what they like about you being um, belligerent or argumentative, but I've never seen you go out and badmouth anyone ever. You you don't do that. No. In fact, what I would say about Anfield Index, uh, I'll say it from my own point of view. We have people, we've got producer Guy listening now, who's like one of the soundest men you can meet. And that's basically what this channel is to me. It's why I feel, you talked about loyalty, I feel tremendous loyalty to Anfield Index because they're good people. Yeah. And you, you, we might fall out, we might fall out, like not, well, we might fall out spectacularly over something. But I'd still, I'd still be right shoulder to shoulder with you if someone came at you. Because I I believe that the people that I'm working with here are good people. The new iteration of the channel now, Dave, with Greg and Eddie joining gags, it's a whole new beast. But yeah. nothing has changed in terms of the soundness of the contributors and the fact that you like working with these humans. And that's a big thing to be able to say, man. It is. A guy drinkle is my is my greatest achievement in podcasting. So <laughs> early days, I'm I'm very well known in the Liverpool sphere, much less so now because there's just so many creators and, and whatever else out there now. 
But back then, I was pretty well known. I would always get people saying, oh, we're trying to start this podcast up. Would you come on? Just because, you know, people know who you are. And if you tweet it out, we might get a bit of traction. And I always said yes. Every time someone asked me, took the time to ask me, will you come on our podcast? I'd always say yes. Always. No, no matter what. So Guy was doing a pod with, with some guy who, whose name I, I can't remember. And I remember going on the pod and I had a good laugh with them and a good laugh with Guy. And I remember keeping in touch with them afterwards. And I remember saying, look, th- this is around the time where it was starting to get a little bit saturated. I was like, you, you're going to have to find your niche. And I knew Guy watched our academy. And I was like, why don't you look at maybe turning your pod into an academy pod and maybe coming on board with Anfield Index? And Guy was up for it. And the other fellow wasn't. He wanted to stay out on his own or whatever. So I saw him on Twitter say a couple of things about me. And I thought, you're young, so I'm not going to just have a proper shot at you. But I'm going to like your tweet so you know I've seen it. <laughs> do you know? Because like, I'm a little passive-aggressive like that. So I'm going to like this. And, and <laughs> that's basically me saying, if you do this again, I'm just going to go hell for leather at you. Your so guy comes on board with us. And the guy stops saying anything about me, doesn't say anything more, for about a year. And then Guy was doing more and more with us in terms of podcasts. And he started doing a bit of the production work. <clears throat> and then this guy one day randomly just called me a cunt. Just randomly. Hadn't said anything, hadn't done anything. And I just DM'd him. I was like, what the fuck is your problem? And he's like, oh, you brought Guy on to Anfield next and you didn't bring me. I was like, I offered to bring both of you on board. Wow. You didn't want to do it. And he got all upset with himself. I was like, just go away and don't be annoying me. And I blocked him. And then he started creating another account. He created another account. And he, he started like tagging me into conversations that the trippers were having or that Tor were having and saying like, oh, your stuff is so much better than Dave's. And I remember like thinking, why are you doing that? Like, what do you actually accomplish from doing that? And then you mentioned like around the time the tone of, of the trippers um, dropped. It's also noticeable that their listens per episode dropped when you left. And they moved themselves away from Anfield Index, seemingly blaming us for their own fall off. And they just got a couple of people involved that I I just don't think were very good people. Uh, Most of whom I don't think are actually involved anymore. There's still one or two. But, you know, they, they had their arguments with us over whatever it was. They seemed to get a little bit bitter and a little bit jealous about... We were doing well, and with you gone, because you were dealing with health issues, they were not doing so well. And I'd already had a bit of a falling out with, with one or two of them. Um, but I remember somebody sent me a clip one evening of them talking about you. You'd just come on board with Anfield Index. And they sent, someone sent me a clip, and I... We'd obviously chatted back and forth over the years, but we didn't know each other the way we do now. But I remember thinking, like, as I didn't know the extent of what had been going on, I knew you'd been unwell. I, I didn't know what the severity of it was. I figured it was quite severe because you were gone from the sphere for a while. 
And I remember thinking, that's just so far out of line for the guy who was basically, you know, the res- responsible for leading your pod for years. Because that's how it was in the early days. The host and the there'd always be like one kind of main analyst. So you'd have everybody had sort of two people. And everything else kind of changed around them. But there was like a main host and then there was one other guy and then the rest was a rotating cast. And that was true of us, where it was me and John. It was true of you guys. It was you and Phil. Uh, Tall would have had, say, Neil and Gareth or Neil and Jim Boardman. And then the rest would be a bit of a rotating cast. And I remember thinking, like, it's really, really bad form to have a pop. Because I know if, if it had been role reversed and say Phil had had to leave you wouldn't have gone on the pod and and said things about him that were in any way negative especially given the circumstances under which the departure was over and I remember that was kind of it for me with them that was just sort of game over I, I tolerated some of the stuff after that I had no tolerance for any of it and then one of their contributors made a racist remark about Nina and that was just it for me and I hadn't I wanted nothing to do with any of them anymore. And then so I blocked them all and then said Dickhead, who had made a racist comment about Nina, made a, a homosexual slur towards me, which was both, you know, incorrect and just scummy. And I remember just I unblocked one of them and I DM I says, Why is this guy on your channel? Like tell me why he's part of why, what you're doing now. And he blocked me. And wouldn't answer the question. And I just thought, right, well, that's it. Hands washed of you lot, because even if Trev ever does go back, I'm not listening to that shit, because that's that's just awful. Now, again, that contributor is, is no longer part of that group, and they have washed their hands of them. But they they would make comments about us, never tagging us, never directly. It was sort of all backhanded. There was a lot of arse kissing to talk from their side as well, which I thought was a little bit weird. Like, do your own thing or don't do it at all. Really weird. Really you know. weird. That's what, the, and it, but you know what, what was very interesting about it though, was whatever about, I, I'd be very much cut from the same cloth as yourself. You cross me, um, I might, I might turn a blind eye initially, but you don't get a second chance and I will fucking go through you. And, and, and I can do it verbally better than anyone, but um, be under no illusions that if you were standing beside me, I'd be very happy to do it physically as well. Yes, I don't, I, I don't take well to, to, to people being pricks. Uh, but I must admit, and this is, I think, important that we acknowledge this. The gag's tactic throughout all of that shit, the, the examples you were mentioning there and yeah. others, has been dignified silence. Ignore it. Oh, 100%. And in the best advice of any adult that ever you ever heard when you were a kid, a hot-headed kid like I was, just ignore it now. Just ignore it. Don't rise to the bait. You should do that. It's incredibly powerful. It drives them fucking insane. It d- makes them double down on their efforts and then eventually give up. But... <laughs> Of course, you have me and you wandering around going, what? What did you say? (laughs) (laughs) The mute feature is the best thing Twitter ever brought in because I love the mute. The block is, if someone's like a completely horrible individual, I'll just block them. I don't, or or they're really thick and I just don't want to see their stuff. Even if they've never interacted with me and I see them say something stupid, I just block them so I don't see them again. But when you get that, those weird people that will just throw those little digs every so often, the mute is great. 
or the the little response and then the mute. So you just leave them screaming into into oblivion, um, thinking that I'm seeing what they're saying. But Gags has always held himself it, it really well because I know for certain there were times when comments were made directly about him and he just shook them off and didn't give them any attention. And, and I think that does infuriate oh, it does. even more. And, and you're, you're entirely right. You mentioned uh, Eddie and, and Greg earlier on. Like, they fit perfectly into the kind of culture of Anfield Index. Yeah, yeah. They're just the nicest people. Two and incredibly like, sound men who are just yeah, doing what they do, and they're just it, really it's, good at what they do. Yeah, it's made really all the difference. Good. Yeah, yeah. And like, they're also people that care about others. So, like, I've seen Eddie, who's really even keeled. I've seen him snap back at one or two people who've who've tried to pour shit on other people to do with Anfield Index, um, because Eddie doesn't suffer fools all that well. But he'll and he'll always stand up for what he thinks is right. But he's just him. Him and Greg, they've, they've just been these perfect kind of the second phase of Anfield Index needed something new, and it was you coming in, and then them coming on board. And I don't know if they came in before you did or, or which, whichever way it worked. But no, it was afterwards. Yeah, I was twenty seventh July twenty seventeen is the first Anfield Index podcast that I hosted, and before that I was doing the. Um, the audibles. AI audibles, yeah. The audibles were great. They yeah. were absolutely brilliant. And I remember I remember I was in Canada and you you did an audible of my article, which was much longer than the normal ones you did. And I remember making my missus listen to it. I'm like, here, let's <laughs> listen to this. <laughs> I remember thinking it was really cool. But like you coming on board and then the two lads coming in, it was it was the lift that Anfield Index needed because it had sort of plateaued and it was it wasn't that there was bad people involved or bad contributors it just it it because i kind of stepped away from it as well and the the main pod sometimes kaylin would host sometimes mark would host sometimes it it wouldn't happen and it had kind of lost its direction a little bit and it just needed that sort of injection of new blood new ideas uh, a new sort of leading voice which is is where you landed the two boys who i mean eddie he listened to this so this is not me blowing smoke up his arse the guy is a genius like he is i've never seen anybody where something can happen that's a bad thing and eddie will immediately have three or four ideas to get it back on track like he just has this amazing ability to counter things and get things working again the way he wants to. And he, the way, like, you, you'll you have gotten a lot of the same uh, kind of messages and conversations that I have with, with Eddie. Like, he's just always thinking about ways to improve Anfield Index and EPL Index and, and grow them and What I love about David is my, my brain doesn't work like that. Right? No, it mine does, doesn't either. I, 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 Eddie starts going off on a run and we'll be having a chat over and back and I'm like fucking hell i wish i could i i can't i can't conceive concepts in that way i don't have that i'm like a child wandering around without a frame of reference when we start doing this now don't get me wrong my best pal one of my best pals is a, a total like to use a bart simpson phrase a business jerk 
And I, I'm not lost in that world. I can fully comprehend it, but I cannot originate ideas no. in that way. Where I li- I'm, I'm watching Eddie go, and I'm going, fuck, I, I t- totally agree with you. I go, Jesus, that's great. <laughs> I'd never have thought of that. But now that you suggest it, I can see how wonderful the concept it is. 100%. You know I mean? <laughs> but, like, the thing with Eddie as well is, like, he's got, he's got a wife, he's got a kid, he's got multiple businesses. He's a very busy man. You text Eddie, he'll always find time to talk to you. So my you know, you know he wants to talk to you on, on two point five times time though. Yeah. Just you can't do it. <laughs> he wants everything sped up. But my missus is my missus is currently um she went back into education a couple of years ago and she's pursuing a business degree. And she's in her, her third year and she had to interview one of the, the, the modules is entrepreneurship. Oh, so please. as part of an assignment, she had to interview an entrepreneur. And I was like, Well, Eddie. I'll ask Eddie. Eddie is a very successful entrepreneur. And I know, I thought I knew quite a bit about it. So I said to her, right, well, here's here's what I know of Eddie. Here's the, the couple of businesses, yada, yada. So she did up a bunch of questions and we sent them across to Eddie. And I said, look, even just voice record the answers and, and bang them back to me whenever you can. And he sent me back this long, in-depth, written out answers to each question. Like that he took proper time out of his day to sit down and do mm-hmm. and explain everything and his viewpoint on things. And then he sent me a link to a podcast that he that he did with Alan, uh, a business pod. And it's I, I haven't listened to it. She listened to it. And she sat there fascinated for the 40 minutes or however long it was. And then she was able to, she knew more having listened to that podcast about Eddie and his background <laughs> than I do having known the guy for six years. Like, he, he, Eddie doesn't brag. Eddie's not in any way braggadocious, which he should be because he's, he's had real successes. But it, for Eddie, it's almost like the few, and it is only a couple, the few ideas that didn't work out, they're the ones that really drive him forward. It's not the ideas that worked. It's the idea that didn't work and why didn't it work. And that's exactly what we needed on Anfield Index. Like, what isn't working and why isn't it working? Yeah. We know what does work. Now we need to figure out what doesn't work, what we get rid of, and how we change certain things to make them work. And, like, Anfield Index has grown into a company that, provides full-time jobs for a couple of people you know like that's that's kind of incredible when you consider it's just a gang of lads and ladies having a chat but that's what's been able to happen and it continues to grow and get better and the lads are always having you know ideas and, and brainstorming to make things better and improve processes and get things done quicker and they take their licks when certain things don't work or when there's a breakdown in the process and they're very open about it. But like Eddie, obviously we would have more dealings on a day to day with Eddie than Greg in the background. Like the rule is if Greg texts you, you're, <laughs> you're in trouble, right? You, you don't want to text from Greg unless it's like happy birthday or I listen to this and I like that you don't want to hear from Greg from Greg because you know you're in trouble. Like I'm, in the early days of Discord, I, I used to just kind of think it's the same as Twitter, so I'm just going to be the same as I am on Twitter. <laughs> and then you get a message from Greg, you're like, oh, 
I'll stay off this court for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the way it works as well because party is thinking, you know, Eddie's just had a quiet word and sent Greg the, the massive yeah. presence that is Greg in. But then also, you're not sure if it's just Greg sitting in the background and he decided now I need to come forward here because Eddie's not. Eddie's yeah, not I, I think so. I think you know, so. Like, there's times when, when Eddie will text me and I'll be like, I know Greg has said something here. So I've annoyed, <laughs> I've annoyed someone and they've then gone and annoyed Greg. And Eddie's coming in to kind of like the softy, softy approach, knowing. <laughs> that I'm a little bit temperamental and, and Eddie, Eddie, know, Eddie knows how to talk me down off things um, <laughs> but I know if he can't I know that the hammer is about to fall and that's in part why it's now easier for Eddie because he knows that like if this doesn't work I'm going to the bullpen and I'm bringing in the big fella and then you're all fucked <laughs> It's game over then. I like that's, that's, the thing, that's the thing. You know, and 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 lest lest anyone get the wrong impression, like uh, 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 more more of a gentleman you couldn't meet. Oh, he's, he's an incredibly nice guy. He's you know he's incredible. And, and by the way, shout out to Greg. I don't know if you saw this Trev on his Facebook, but he shared it on Facebook. So I I feel like it's okay to say this. Um, the guys lost like four stone in wow. twelve weeks. Wow. Just he, he he for his own health he went on this program and he lost four stone in twelve weeks. Now, Greg is about six five, six six, six seven maybe. Like he didn't look like he wasn't fat. He, it didn't look like he was carrying too much weight or anything. But he just made a decision to to cha- make this change in his life. He looks incredibly well. Now, he said it's after cost him a fortune in new clothes. But, <laughs> like, just, but that's the kind of incredible discipline that they brought to, to this as well. That ability to focus in on a goal and just hammer towards it. It's good we've obviously, it's, we've yeah. obviously had, you know, with things like Raw and stuff. Like at, at first we were trying to find our feet and the lads kept pushing us to, you know, to try different things. And. We settled into a groove, and Raw is, is sort of me and you, plus then Carl, Jim, Mo, and Harry in rotation. Carl and Harry probably more often than Mo or Jim, but that's sort of the, the Raw group. And then obviously Guy comes in for domestic cups. Now, unfortunately, uh, I've had to relegate myself to domestic cups this year. Um, a, grand, a grand indignity um, oh, you're suffering. Listen, uh-huh. I, 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 I've got a counsellor now. I've, I've had to seek <laughs> professional help. Um, I, had to, I, nearly, I nearly had to take to the bed when I saw my name down for Leicester. I was like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um, and then I realised that I had volunteered to do it. And then I got more annoyed at myself. But in the end, it was fun to do. But, you know, like it's funny with, with, with Anfield Index now because there's, there's such an ease to a lot of this. Like, We've all sort of found our groove. So, like, when we do Raw with with Jim, it's going to be a slightly different show than it is with Harry, which is a slightly different show than it is with Carl, which is a slightly different show than it is with Mo. But you know going in, this is how the flow of this conversation is going to be. But you mentioned it earlier. Like, there's times we go on, on Raw, and we might talk for 20 minutes before we even hit record. And any anger you had is probably diffused by then. And then there's just times when we're all too angry and it's like, like, let's just go now. 
But by the end of it, you do generally end up feeling a lot better. If you think about it, like, since we started Raw, we've lost two Champions League finals and finished second twice on the final day. Yeah. And yet, coming out of the back of those podcasts, other than the 21-22 Champions League final, is the only one I was not despondent, but fairly close to it after the pod. And I remember, I can't remember who the third person was, so apologies, but I remember, I know it was me and you, and you and whoever else dropped off, and we were recording it live through Discord. And I remember it was just me and the chat, and they were all muted, so I just started rambling. Because I had all this other stuff in my head that I was thinking about, you know, with regards to the game and the the history of sort of Anfield Index and all this kind of stuff. And I was talking about how in thirteen fourteen, the first season that we were doing it, we'd, we'd finished second. And obviously the Gerrard slip, the Chelsea game, etc. Onwards to the final in Basel against Sevilla and the disappointment of that. And then Kiev and then... 2019 losing out in the league but then bouncing back winning the Champions League and forgetting about the league entirely but this time we'd lost the league and we'd lost the Champions League and I remember talking for probably a good 20 minutes half an hour and getting loads of DMs from people afterwards being like that was actually great because you you were saying what we were feeling as well like In 2019, when we lost out in the league but went and won the Champions League, when we lost out in the league, you still had the Champions League. So you still had that thing to cling to, that this season can still end well. And this, like, we'd had that incredible run. We'd won two Cups. We'd lost the league on the final day. You were still thinking, we're going to beat Madrid. It's written that we're going to beat Madrid. And then we didn't. And it was sort of this, like... We had a great season, but it feels like we've had a shit season because in the last week we've lost the two biggest prizes. And it was basically just me trying to verbalize the thought process of working through all of that. And people said, like, that's exactly what I was thinking. And you were saying it. And I was like, that's exactly what I've been trying to work through myself. So that was probably like, that's probably one of my favorite, even though it's literally just me talking to myself into a microphone. That's one of my favorite things that I've done on Anfield Index because of afterwards having those conversations with people in Discord and Discord DMs on Twitter and in Twitter DMs, uh, how they were all feeling the same way I was. And as I was talking, they were sort of working through the same process that I was. And that's the kind of cathartic thing that you, you mentioned earlier, where it is just this great way to turn on a microphone, hit record and just just talk and just get your thoughts out there. And like I have and I don't this is not me exaggerating, Trev. I have hundreds of podcasts that I have recorded by myself that no one will ever hear other than me. Because sometimes it's just like I might watch a couple of NBA games in a night and I think, you know what, I'd like to talk about them. But I don't know enough in depth on basketball to kind of put it out there by myself and just kind of let it roll. Mm. But I'll record it and I'll listen back to it. Or if I have an idea for something that I want to try on two-footed, I'll record it and listen back. Like, Guy used to record two-footed in the Daily Red for me. I record them myself now. But most days I record two versions. 
One is the version I put out, and the other is the one I'd like to put out, but I don't quite have the confidence in it yeah. to put it out. Or it's it might just be terrible. There's days where I come on, I'm like really low energy, or my head's splitting, or I've driven through the night back from Limerick or to Limerick or whatever. And it's like, I don't want anybody to hear this. Sometimes it's just me ranting and raving. I literally have hundreds of podcasts on all manner of things. Sometimes it's just for practice. Like, if I feel like I'm not podcasting well, or like I have this lisp that I've got now because I had some some dental work done, and I've got like a gap. So I podcasted like nonstop for about two weeks to try and get rid of the lisp because it was quite noticeable initially. And now I feel like I've got a good handle on it, but I've got all these hours of me just talking shit. And it can sometimes be shit. Sometimes it's me describing what's in my office. Sometimes it's me reading a book. It's just <laughs> nonsense, but it's it's just me. That, that's how I process things. I have to say them out loud or my head fills with noise. And that's, if, if people ever see me completely explode at somebody on Twitter, oftentimes it's not what the person has said. It's just the shit I'm going through. And they've said like the thing that triggers it. So I know that people think I'm an arsehole because of how I act on Twitter. And like, I am an arsehole. I, I, I freely admit it, but like, I'm not as much of an arsehole as people might think. That's, that's where I would defend myself. <laughs> there, are, there are certain redeemable qualities about me, not many, but certain, but my way of process, processing things now, and it's why I'm less explosive on Twitter now, is that I just literally will turn on the mic, hit record, and just and just ramble for an hour, two hours, however long, and just well, clear important. everything out of my head. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. It's important that, that, that we, we pause there because I need to say at this stage that I, I am beyond discerning at this stage in my life about what I listen to. I, I swear to Christ, I really am, especially when it comes to football or fan media. 
I'm the anti-Eddie Gibbs. And what I, what I listen to is I listen to your show and I listen to you talking into a microphone in a room on your own about ideas that I'm interested in and I follow your thought processes and I agree and disagree and smile and scratch my head and it's something that keeps me involved with what is going on with the current news cycle with the latest events to do with the club with football in general and uh, you know lest it not get said uh, on a show on Anfield Index one of the most important parts of Anfield Index, one of the key corners of Anfield Index, is every time you open your gob in front of a mic. And those shows that you do on your own, I find them absolutely fantastic. And I know I'm not on my own because I've spoken to people who are of the same mindset. And you know that when I'm saying that, it's not coming from a place of like an acolyte. And it's certainly not coming from a place of me wanting to butter you up on the microphone. It's just quite simply a fact. It's really, really, really entertaining and insightful. And it has that sort of feeling of tethering you to what's going on as you're trying to work out the stories live. Mm. And you're not afraid of a little bit of dead air time. Like for me, the catchphrase of your shows, what's this? As, as, you're, as you're scrolling through a paragraph trying to find out what nonsense whatever contributor to whatever product is actually working its way, their way through and man I just feel like I, I, want, I just want on the record those shows are absolutely bloody fantastic and a huge part possibly in fact I think I've said it to you the, if I'm being honest the only part of my media intake that is football and sports related uh, and I, I, it's a tribute to you. And as we finish and push ourselves towards uh, a wrap up here, because I want to let you get back to your Saturday afternoon. Um, as you, we, We've sort of talked about the evolution. We've talked about a bit of the progress. We've also acknowledged that we're in a setup now where we've got, we feel if we feel like it's pretty healthy, we've got a great group of people. Mm. The structure's good. I mean, as you're looking ahead now, and we've been really lucky, man, in terms of since AI Pro started specifically and Raw started specifically, I mean, it's more, far more highs than lows. We have like a, a, a Baresi and Maldini uh, a type of, of, of record here. We don't tend to get beat. You know, I, I saw something there. I think those boys played like was it 180 games together, lost 20 something. Yeah. We, we don't we don't get beat. Uh it's it's been great, and I feel just to tie it into what's going on with the club at the moment. I'm kind of optimistic about where we can go over the next while with the channel and with the club. It feels like there might be a new era or a new iteration of the current era where we could get back to maybe a few talking on a on a, on a few finals on a few final days about about actual trophies. It does, doesn't it? Like I mean, we have been really lucky. Our starting of AI Pro almost coincided with Virgil arriving at the club. Yeah. One of the first roles we did was was Virgil's debut and uh, against Everton. I think we'd done maybe one or two or three before that. Or, uh, you guys might have done a couple. Before. I had come back from Canada. I think you'd been going for about a month when I when I got involved. But like it does feel like we're getting back to, to that again after what was quite a horrible season last year. And like We'd had shit seasons before. Like, we have lived through some dreadful football. But mm. 
It's different when you go into a season expecting it to be a disappointment like we did for many years rather than last year when you went in kind of like looking at the team going Virgil's here, Allison's here and Trent is here and Mo is here and we're still great. Like we've still got these great players. We've got Klopp. So there's no excuse not to not to do really well. And then we didn't do well at all. And those last season was was really tough. Like it was it because because we're we, we we should be so good. We have all these. These are all like you're you're a few years older than me, but we align quite quite closely on what we would view as an all time Liverpool eleven. And I, I think we'd agree that certainly Allison, Virgil, and Mo would be in your all time Liverpool eleven without question. Trent potentially in that conversation too. There's definitely a case for Andy Robertson. I think he'd probably lose out to Steve Nichol. But you're looking at it thinking, right, we've got, say, three, maybe four of the best players to ever play for this club. One of the three or four best managers we've ever had at this club, because we've been very fortunate over the years with Shankly and Paisley and Joe Fagan and Kenny the first time around and Rafa and Jed Houllier. We've had great managers, but Klopp is right up there in that upper echelon and you're thinking what a fortunate time it is to have this group of players, and you don't want to you don't want to waste it. You want to see them competing for everything, and you any season where they don't win something is, in my view, because I grew up supporting a Liverpool and having it put to me that when Liverpool don't win, it's failure. If Liverpool don't win the league, it's failure. If they don't win the cup, it's failure. If they don't win the European Cup, it's anything else is failure. That's the mindset of, I think, Liverpool fans that grew up in the 70s and 80s and had that sort of, that older generation tell us that this is how it should be for this club. We should be winning. So when you have a season like last year and you're still looking at it and going, well, Ali's there and Trent is there and Mo is there and Virgil's there and there's Jurgen over there. And like, why is this so bad? That's just, it's tough to take. It's not tough to take when you've got Roy Hodgson in charge and Paul Konchesky and Christian Paulson and Jovanovic yeah, and, and Joe Cole. That's the season you go in thinking this is going to be desperate. And you can almost enjoy how bad it is. You know, like when Suarez left, 14-15, I remember thinking this is not going to be good. We've wasted the money. We're not going to be good. But we'll at least have a bit of fun with it. And even though we didn't have a good season, there was still really fun moments through that season. Last season, there just wasn't. It was just one slog after another. But now we go into this new season, and and it started well, you know, we're going well on all fronts. And we've got these really exciting new players like, like Dominic and, and Alexis and Gravenberg. And it, it feels like it is the, the early iteration of a, of a new Liverpool under Klopp, you know, with, with Darwin and Diaz and Gakbo and players that weren't involved in the last team and Ibu, obviously in, in year three, it, it does feel like you can be really excited by what the next couple of years will hold. And the thing with Anfield index is, We've we've done both. In 10 years, we've had the really high 13-14 Luis Suarez-inspired season, which obviously we fell short, but we still loved it till the end because we never thought we'd challenge for the title that year. Like, we just got swept along with this mad Uruguayan, this wonderful little Brazilian 
and Sturridge and Sterling as this incredible attacking force, the last great run of Steven Gerrard's career, that 11-12 game run in that quarterback role, a defence that you could drive buses through and none of them had touched them because they were all over the place, <laughs> but you could enjoy it. 14-15, there was you, you weren't expecting much, so you could enjoy it. 15-16, obviously, the beginning of Klopp, you start to get excited and then that kind of builds... 16-17, can we get Champions League? We did. Great season, 17-18. How, how well can we do? Salah has this incredible year. Virgil arrives mid-season. We get to the European Cup final. You weren't overly devastated after that European Cup final because you didn't think beginning the year that we'd get there. It was kind of like that 13-14 season. Then we win the European Cup. Then we ramp our way to the league, just blowing everybody out of the way. 2021 was devastating because of the injuries, but we could still enjoy it because of that great late season run when it seemed like our season was doomed. We had that late season run and got top four. And, and I, we, we remembered the podcast after Alison scored, like we're all on Skype, ready to go fuming. And then Ali scores and the podcast is pure joy. Because yeah. we've just seen our goalkeeper score a goal to to save a draw. Um, we went to Old Trafford then and beat them with with no defenders and, and them having postponed a game and rested players to be at full strength to try and end our season. Like you had that, that incredible moments in that year. 2021, you have that incredible, what a, like, what an incredible campaign from that group of players. It fell short in the end of the big two, but still far more ups than downs. Last season's the first season of Anfilimics where we were like, we're going to do well this year. And then we were just, we were terrible. And it was a tough year to get through podcast wise. And I know that sounds dramatic, but it, like, it's not because it's raw, because it's literally your emotions after the game. It's not you the see next that? day or two days later. You haven't had time to reflect. And that's also another place where you and I align. I think it does wind some people up the wrong way. I'll never apologise for it. Is that the reason why we're annoyed about that and like, oh, the Reds are only second or only third is because you and I, the one thing that we actually completely have always seen eye to eye on is that the, our concept of success is different to an awful lot of people's. Yeah. Our concept of success is winning the fucking trophies. And yes, you can enjoy the moments, but you only enjoy the moments when the season's A, a write-off, as you acknowledged earlier on, or the season is over and you've won something. In between, it's kind of fucking torture. It's the Roy Keane school of, of approach. Yeah. With, with a, bit, a bit of a relaxed Roy Keane attitude. I suppose you and I are the very, very, very polar opposites of the day out merchants. And I think, you know, the world is big enough to embrace all types. It's just when I see them being sanctimonious, it fucks me off to high heaven. I don't want to be told by some lad that, I, you know, he, he great crack and had a few points with his mates. I don't give a shit, man. I'm delighted for you. But like, that's got nothing to do with this conversation. I'm here because I want to see my team win a trophy. And yeah. unless, unless they're doing that, I think that's where you and I, that's where sometimes an awful lot of people perhaps who have maybe listened to Ron and, and perhaps found it uh, not to their taste, I'd say that's where it comes from because that's where our, uh, me and you as the two ever presence on the show, that's where our standard lies. Am I right in that? Oh, 100%. 100%. You know what winds me up even more than the day out merchants is the day out merchants who don't actually go on the day out they just fucking enjoy it, lads. <laughs> who, like, they're in the same boat as us. They're not there. 
and yet they're not there. All to fucking enjoy it. Like, what are you enjoying? You're sitting on your couch watching us lose. What is there to enjoy about that? Unless you've got... Those are what my uncle would call low-expectation motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, like, you're right. Like, But, like, now you start to look ahead. You know, we've got a a channel that's really, I think, really, really humming along very, very well in terms of... Like, I I listen... I'll... you know, if I listen to the, the positivity lads, even though I don't agree with 90% of what they might say, sometimes I do, but if, even if I don't, I know that when they're talking, they're A, well prepared, and B, speaking from a position of honesty. And like, if you're going to give an alternative view to mine, as long as you're being honest that that's your actual opinion, yeah. and not just something you're saying to be a little bit contrarian, Great. Like, I will I will fully respect what you have to say, even if I don't agree with it. If I think you're being a bullshitter and you're just saying that because you want to fit in with others or, you know, that you think that's the popular view or whatever, that's where I don't want anything to do with you. And I don't think we have anyone like that on Anfield Index. I don't think we have anyone that just says things because they think, well, this is what the 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 popular view will be i think we've got a, a bunch of independent thinkers who who really want to get their own educated opinion like people think i'm opinionated simon brundish might be the single most polarizing person on twitter he'll, t- he'll tell you he'll tell you that himself though but and at the end of the day when you're having a chat with Simon one to one you realise the, the truth of what you're saying, that we actually have an Anfield Index, whether it's official or not. There is there is an apparent dickhead test here too. It, yeah. Like People are sound. Do you yeah, know what I mean? They are. Like, I know that I can have a row with Brundish on Twitter, publicly. And, like, and I could do a podcast with him 20 minutes later and it'd be fine. Because yeah. we'd have like a two-minute conversation. I'd tell him why he's wrong. He'd tell me why I'm wrong. <laughs> we'd never come to an agreement. But then we'd just get on with it because... His opinion is his and mine is mine, and they don't have they don't have to line up. Not everything has to be the same. We don't all have to say the same things, whether it's us or Taw or the Trippers or whoever. We can all say different things, and we can all be right in our own ways. Like it, 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 that's the beauty of all of this. And like, I want to make it clear, like I, I don't hold any grudges against. There's a couple of people that are not involved anymore that I and one that is that I, I will never have any time for or tolerance with the Trippers, but. It's a couple of lads there who are decent lads, and I wish them all the best in in whatever they're doing. I I don't listen because I don't have time, but I I wish them all the best at what they're doing, and I hope it's a success for them. But they have their niche, we have ours, Thaw has theirs, and again, I don't hold any grudges or dislike for any of them. Away witches, like do what it is you're you're doing. Gareth Roberts and Paul Cope are doing their thing now with um, This Is Anfield. And I've watched one or two of them on YouTube and they're very good. And and I wish them all the best. I wish Sam McGuire and and the crew at uh, Anfield Watch all the best with their written content and stuff. Because I don't see it as competition in a bad way. I see it as competition in a positive way where we all drive each other to improve. And I know for a fact that certain other podcasts have listened to our stuff and said, right, well, that's interesting that they do that. Can we incorporate that into what we do? Because that might be something that improves us. 
and I'm sure people have done the same that contribute to Anfalindex. They've listened to other things. They've thought that works. We'll try that. The, the difference is, I think we always have given credit for where we've heard stuff and borrowed stuff from. Unlike when everybody ripped off our transfer committee pod and then tried to claim it as their own. Uh, not, not that I hold a grudge on that one, but you know. Um, but like you know, that there's the, that type of thing. Like we we came up with the idea of the transfer committee pod, which was relevant at the time because Liverpool had a transfer committee, which was talked about endlessly, and we came up with that idea put it together, put it out. And then everybody else started doing it. And you know what? Great. We don't own a concept. Have at it. But don't turn around two years later and try and say it was your idea, not ours. Like, if you want to take it and not give credit, that's okay. But don't then try and get credit back because of an idea that you stole. But, like, those type of things, the under-pressure lads, the minefield lads, you with AI Audible in the early days, like, those type of innovative ideas are what I think stand Anfield Index above the rest because no one else has a, has a group of lads like the Under Pressure Boys. No one else has one of, and I, I mean this sincerely, one of the best sports scientists in the entire fucking world like Cy Brundish. Like, he is best in class in his field. He should be working for what, now I know he does work for Derby County, but he, he could and should be working for Liverpool, United, Arsenal, City, Chelsea, Newcastle. Like, he's that level. But because he's got other commitments, he's got his own business, he's got his family, he's got kids that are school age, he wants to do something where he can incorporate all of that and, and you know, be in his region where he lives. So he works with Derby. Like, he could work for anybody. And it, the funny thing is, Simon could be exactly who he was, who, who he is. And if he worked for Arsenal, all the people that try and argue with him about things he knows far more about than they do would never say a word because, oh, well, he works for Arsenal, so maybe he must know. There's this weird thing people have where if somebody does a certain thing in their life, they have respect for them. But if they do the exact same thing, but maybe for a, a, a group or a, an organization that they're not as familiar with, they don't have it. It's weird, like... But we have all these great personalities like Alan and Andrew and, and yourself and, and like Jan Moldy. Like of all the pundits, all the ex-player pundits, most of them, they're fucking voices that go through your head. They don't know. Like <clears throat> a lot of them are either not very intelligent, like Gabby Ekbonlahor. You look at him and you think there's not a single thought rattling around in your head. You're a bimbo. And he talks with this authority on things, and he's just wrong about everything. Danny Mills, wrong about everything. Danny Murphy, Robbie Savage. These are lads who had good careers, but you listen to them talk about football, you think, you don't actually have a fucking breeze what you're talking about. Then there's others like Roy Keane, who say the thing that's not the popular thing, but he clearly knows what he's talking about. Like Roy Keane clearly knows what he's talking about. Whether he's for everybody or not is a different different case. But you get all these ex-pros and they they vary from, you know, bad to tolerable. And then there's a couple who are good. And then there's Jan, who is just on a completely different level. 100%. He's so much better. How, how have Sky not gone to him? And I know we, we don't want them to because we want him with us. But, like, how have Sky not gone 
to Jan and people like Jan, like thinking footballers. When Jan played the game, you could sense he was so far ahead of everybody else in his head that he saw the game in such a unique way. And he's brought that into his punditry. Like, I listen to Paul Scholes, and when he when he speaks about the game, I think he's very insightful. The issue with him is Paul Scholes doesn't have much of a personality. Like, he's very withdrawn. He's quite humble and shy and in no way braggadocious. Jan is, is humble, but he's a bit more outgoingly confident. Paul Scholes, you look at him and you think, if I went up and told you to give me your lunch money, you'd probably give it to me. <laughs> You know, do you know what I mean? Like, he's a bit of a wet blanket. He's he's like Michael Owen, except he actually knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, but like thinking footballers like them, they make they can analyze the game because when they were playing, they were analyzing what was going on around them. Robbie Savage never took a half second to analyze anything. Robbie Savage was see ball, get the ball, then figure it out. Yeah. Jan was. There's the ball. I'm going to go there and the ball will meet me. And as soon as I have it, I have that passing option, this passing option. Or I've got this left back who I shouldn't be able to see, but I know he's there. And I'm going to flick a pass out to him on the overlap. And people are going to go, how the fuck did he know he was there? Because they had that picture. And Jan still has that picture in his head of the pitch and where players are and how they move. And that's but what it, doesn't, it, it, it doesn't even translate necessarily with all with all players like that. But like the, at the start of our last show, I was giving, doing an intro and I said, blah, 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 recent game against Nottingham Forest, blah, 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 and teed him up. And he started with a, a sentence or two and he said, and listen, by the way, it's, it was Luton, not Forest. And that would be item number one, which shows he's listening. Uh it could be item number one that shows that he's just scoring a point. But no, he went on then to say, you know, it's actually, he went on to put it in context. You know, sometimes I often find it's easy, you know, when, you, when you're when you listening, you can pick up on these things, you know, but when you're doing the actual, you know, putting a point across, sometimes you miss the thing you're trying to get across. So not only was he sound enough to point out the, 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 the thing, but he's also sound enough to say that, you know, uh, when you're listening. And then by dint of the fact that he's saying when you're listening, he's telling you that he's fucking listening to what yeah. I'm saying. I'm just some fella talking into a mic. Now, granted, we have built up a rapport over the years and I'm not a dope. But at the same time, Jan gives me a huge amount of respect for my opinion and responds to it. Which is remarkable, yeah. And you know, 100%. you don't you don't expect that, you know. Um, so I just think in him, and this is what I think in this new era of the channel, if we could push anything that we have on the cards, let's get as many ears on Jan as possible. Yeah, a hundred percent. But you're you're right, and he, he's right. Well, it was him that said it. Like when you're talking, especially if you've got like a bit of a monologue part, and you're thinking of how to you know, flow from one part to the next. You can often just drop a word somewhere or like for me, for example, if I'm talking about the bottom of the Premier League, like just as as an example, because Everton with the points deduction, if I'm talking about how that affects them and the effect it has on the league, and I'm I'm thinking through the teams that are affected down there, like your Burnley's, Sheffield United, um, Luton, Bournemouth, whoever, oftentimes I'll say Sheffield Wednesday rather than Sheffield United, and I won't pick up on it. 
because I've, I've, I'm already on to the next thought as my mouth is catching up with the last thought, yeah. which yeah. is the same thing that's happened to you there. You, you're thinking ahead to how, how you're going to pass this on to Jan. So you've, you've moved on from one thought to the next. So your mouth has gone nodding and forest, not looting. And you haven't noticed the error, but he has because he's listening. And yeah. like, I know it, Eddie's great for that as well, because even though how he does it, I don't know. Eddie listens to stuff at two and a half times speed, but he picks up on things like that. So Eddie will just message me and go, by the way, you said Sheffield United or Sheffield Wednesday Robin Sheffield United. And I remember there was one I did where I must have done it three times and I caught it the first two times. And I was like, oh, it's Sheffield United, not Sheffield Wednesday. And I carried on and carried on and carried on. And then I kept saying it afterwards, and I didn't pick up on it. And Eddie texts me, he goes, after you scolding yourself at the start of that pod about saying Sheffield Wednesday over Sheffield United, you did it twice more later on. <laughs> <laughs> For fuck's sake. Because you just, sometimes you just start to flow with stuff, and your mind starts to rapidly move through what you're going to say. Because yeah. I don't write anything down. Like, I rarely will have notes. I'll write out... If someone asks me for a you know a team, or if I'm doing like my power rankings on two footed on a Tuesday where I do like say the best centre back, right side centre backs ever play the game, so for those I'll have to write them out in the list that I want to go through them. But other than that, I don't really write anything down. I, I don't do a whole lot of prep for a lot of stuff. I just rather go on and and talk. Same. But so I, I'm often trying to filter different thoughts into. <laughs> into coherent sentences and sometimes it just doesn't work for me like sometimes it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't work at all let me tell you there have been there are that many lost podcasts with me screaming for fuck's sake well if you self if you that, could hear, if you could hear the outtakes from the great story sounds like i'm really let's just say like the end uh the first line it was the best of times it was the worst of ta- uh, for fuck's sake yeah and, or, or i sneeze or whatever and there was all these outtakes of me cursing like a trooper in the middle of these classic literature pieces <laughs> which really, I, that, like, that's what happens like you know like it it's never going to be perfect and so when when i do get people that will say you know, you'll often get like because we're a fan media channel, okay? We record this in in our own homes, and then you've got Guy and Nina who'll do the edit the editing work, but they're not doing it in some fancy radio studio with all the bells and whistles. We're not in studios doing this with the bells and whistles. So sometimes the sound might be a little bit off. Sometimes there's an edit that's missed because we didn't notice. So we didn't send it on to Guy or Nina. And like, you're not going to ask them to troll through a whole thing and go, by the way, there's an edit, but I can't remember where it is. So listen to that hour and a half long podcast and, and fix it. Like, so sometimes things will not get picked up, but like, that's the difference between us doing this as this is us doing something that we want to do, that we enjoy doing, that we're doing for people to, ha- to have something to listen to. We're not mass produced. We're not overly, you know, glossed. We're not the BBC or whoever with these huge production budgets behind them. So, yeah, sometimes it's not going to sound as clean as what you might get when you download your latest edition of, you know, the Times football podcast with a bunch of personality voids on it. You're going to get the, the, the rawness of people in 
normal life making mistakes on certain things. It just is what it is. And it works, I think. And I think that's a good good spot for us to land on. Um, and when Eddie's listening to this, I, I just want to remind him that um, I, I always feel self-conscious when I'm actually talking to Eddie in a proper conversation, like on the phone, because I think I probably sound to him. You know that scene from Wolves of, Wolves of Wall Street where, um, where they're on the quaaludes? Yeah. And everything's slowed down. Because he's loose. He, he probably thinks I have a high-pitched voice and I speak very quickly. He thinks we're all sound like chipmunks. Exactly. And he's listening to me in real life. He, he probably It's probably like he, he, he thinks he's on the lewd. But anyway, we should wrap it up there uh, with a nod to Eddie and Greg and Gags and everybody involved, especially Guy who's helping us through this and did earlier on during my troubles. And everybody else involved in the Anfield Index group uh, of humans, as we said Every one of them passes the dickhead test. It's a joy, I think, personally, speaking for myself, and I think I can speak for Dave as well, to be involved with the channel and with these people. We look forward to entertaining you for another 10 years if we are allowed to do so, and hopefully in a bigger and better way each and every time. It's, like I say, a pleasure to do it. I don't think I say that enough. I do try to say it. It is actually a pleasure to do this. It's not anyone's concept of a burden. This is not anyone's concept of a tough gig. Um, people often are good enough to acknowledge that it was good of us to get on after a particularly hard match or something and fair play to you. And I really appreciate people saying that. But in the bigger scheme of things, I mean, you know, it's it's not it it, it doesn't it doesn't register. It's 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 a it's a privilege, and it, it's something that I feel as a privilege for ninety five percent of the time. And um, I'm just going to wrap it up at that. But I want to give you the last word, man, before we do finish entirely. Any just final word or wrap up or thought on the idea of this channel and ten years of existence? I think as like. If we can connect with any single person and give them something to listen to, something they enjoy, maybe something that might get them through a tough time because they can just forget about everything else and just listen to us talk immense amounts of shite. That for me is the most rewarding thing. Like you get, you need, not not often, but you'll just you sometimes you will get people that'll say, "Look, I was going through a really tough time, but listening to you and Trev and Carolyn and whoever else." kind of cheered me up or I was down after the game and listening to you lads kind of rationalize it, kind of help me kind of see the the wood for the trees and whatever else. Like that, that to me means far more than having people, you know, fucking tell me I'm great or anything. Like I enjoy doing this. I, I think I'm pretty good at it. I think I've gotten pretty good at it over the years. It, it means a massive amount to me when people like you did earlier, tell me that they enjoy what I do. It really does. And and I like I know I'm never gonna be for everybody because nobody is for everybody. No. And that's that's something that it took me a little bit of time to get to grips with that I couldn't please everybody. Not not necessarily in podcasts, but in life in general. You're never gonna please please anybody. As long as we can please a group of people who take time out of their days to listen to us, I see them as contributing every bit as much as we contribute just by taking time to do these. If people are willing to stop their day and listen to us, I think that's an incredible thing that they're doing for us. They're giving us a bit of a purpose with this as well. So for me, obviously gags is gags has saved my life on more than one occasion. Like I'll, that's, I'll leave it at that, but he has, 
he is an incredible human being that I owe more than I could ever repay to. Eddie and Greg are amazing individuals. The people behind the scenes, Guy, Nina, Rosie, they, they do an immense amount of work that doesn't get nearly enough credit. Like Nina's been involved with Anfield Index for nearly nearly the entire time. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, she had her own show and she did very well with that for a long time. But Nina was doing huge amounts behind the scenes that people will never know what the amount of work she put in and, and the stuff that she had to go through in her personal life and yet still was always available if any of us ever needed anything. And like, she's I, back and she's back with her videos now as well. So yeah, give, them, give exactly. them a watch. So make sure you're giving giving them a watch because they're good. Like I know for a fact that if I message Guy, be it nine o'clock in the morning or nine o'clock at night and say, Look, have you got an hour to record something with me? Guy will just say yeah. And he'll find a way to make it work around whatever he's doing. He might say, give me 15 minutes or whatever. But Guy will 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 drop stuff to come in. And like, that's incredible that he's willing to do that because he's busy with his own life as well. And he does, like, the amount of stuff that guy does behind the scenes is, is just is a joke. Like, yeah. like, all the contributors, like I mentioned earlier, I don't get on all that well with the lads that do the Positive Podcast. But I know they're good people. Like, I know they're fundamentally good people. And I know if I met them in person, we would coexist. We might not be best friends. We might not fucking hug and dance around the place and be kumbaya. But fundamentally, they're good people. So I And I know that. And I know that there's nobody, like you mentioned it earlier, like the no dickhead test. We kind of coined that term here on Anfield Index for yeah. for what Klopp was doing and it has become part of the popular vernacular about Liverpool but Gags from I assume after he brought me on board Gags had a no more <laughs> dickhead policy <laughs> so I was like no, I've got my dickhead no more of them coming through the door totally like, dickhead <laughs> you know but it, it is it's amazing and like there's, there's people the most important people that were the people that listen the people that will never come on a podcast but we'll listen because otherwise we'd just be a group of lads doing this and nobody would ever hear it. We'd basically be like an Everton fan <laughs> at that point. And, and no one wants to hear that kind of stuff. No, but like, no they're the most Everton. important people. They're the people that have driven this. Those people that take that time to listen to us, to, to, to drop in a tweet and say, like this, didn't like that, yada, whatever it is, whatever it is. As If you're listening and you've contributed in that way, purely by listening like you're as big a part of this adventure as anything else has been so it's it's those people it's the people that are like just people that are listening to me talking drivel in this horrible scummy Navan accent for 10 years and to all of you I apologize I've tried to change my accent it won't work it's the fault of my parents I tell them on a regular basis why couldn't you have moved to the countryside when I was younger, so I could have got a different accent, but they didn't. So I apologize to all of you. I thank everybody that's ever listened, that's ever sent me feedback, positive, constructive, whatever. Um, and I, I, everybody who's ever been on a podcast with me, because like everybody, there's so many people, like we, we've forgotten so many people here as well that I oh, don't take yeah, a moment of to course. Thanks, but I just, there's too many over the years. Like Steve Gennaro, I do just want to say that guy helped me hugely 
in terms of gaining the confidence to do podcasts and stuff by myself or with, you know, in a two-man show. Because before, like doing the, the early Amphalytics, you, you know, you do an hour, you're one of four. Overall, you might talk 15 to 20 minutes. When you do an hour by yourself, you do an hour. When you do an hour with two people, you might do 35 minutes just of you talking. Gennaro was incredibly important to me early on with Happy Hour, letting me kind of find my own voice, my own pitch, my own balance on things, letting me rant and rave at him repeatedly over certain things that didn't need to be ranted and raved over, but he was happy enough to be that straight man to this unhinged lunatic that was shouting at him. And he did it all with a smile. And then when me and my missus moved to Canada, that that guy went above and beyond for us. And is he's just like with gags. He's one of the nicest, most genuine people you'll ever meet. Uh, Michael von Herf is another one who's always been a great sounding board for things. Uh, especially if I ever venture outside of my lane, Michael is, has always been very good at guiding me back into it. So uh, huge appreciation, appreciation for him. Uh, and yeah, like I said, it's, it's just it's been it's been ten years, and I wouldn't change a bit of it. Like it's been amazing, and like hopefully this continues to go for another ten years, and we're on here doing twenty years on Anfield Index because for for an enterprise that was basically. A, a kind of half an idea to have become what it's become. And like, like again, shout out John Ritchie. None of this exists without you. Uh, it, it's, it's just incredible. And the, what, a, what, what a, what a great group of lads. An absolutely tremendous set of lads and ladies, uh, and a joy to be part of it. I have to say, uh, listen to Dave there, just to acknowledge, this was never meant to be some sort of compendium of uh, acknowledgements. If you came up in the course of the conversation, you came up in the course of the conversation. If you didn't, it doesn't mean we think any less of you. We just, if you haven't noticed, we, we do tend to ramble, Dave and I. It is the definition of our uh, podcast relationship. Uh, that's what we do. So if, if you didn't come up, it doesn't mean that we're not thinking of you. We haven't acknowledged you in the past. We absolutely uh, just wanted to mark the occasion, have a chat. And we do no preparation for these things because they're far more natural when we don't. As a result, we ended up with two freaking hours, Dave, of a chat. Or 45 minutes if you're ready. <laughs> or 45 minutes if you're ready, Gibbs. Uh, <laughs> He'd be furious, though, because that's normally three podcasts that he can in at that I, time. I know, I know. We've absolutely re- destroyed the schedule now uh, for the day. And, uh, you know, consider that a bit of mischief making on our part. But we will wrap it up there. From Dave Hendrick, from myself, Trev Denny, from producer Guy Drinkle, who's helped us put this one together. This was the Anfield Index podcast 373 after 10 years years exactly if you don't mind it's going to be out on the anniversary you've got to love that if you're a fan of any of the shows if you're a listener we thank you immensely if you're a contributor in any way shape or form in a financial way we we thank you even more but just by listening you do a lot and if you could pass on the good word about the show that you like and get us a couple more listeners then you're doing even more and that would be a tremendous payment in kind value for value whatever way you want to look at it we would appreciate that immensely so again from a from Dave this is the Anfield Index podcast it's been a decade it's been emotional we'll talk to you soon we hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show 
please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 